This is good. You're drinking. I like it. And I've been drinking a lot more, man. It's uh, yeah, yeah. No, I know. <laughs> I know. I can imagine. I do hit the exercise bike every day, though, so I feel like I'm balancing it out at least. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Um, my uh, girlfriend and I uh, have been running since probably about like November or December, and uh, it's always funny. Like, we'll get done with the run, and then like 15 minutes later, like one of us smoking a cigarette. And it's just like one of those things of like, you know, it's like, you know, it's almost like you earned the cigarette. Like, you know, it's kind of like counterbalance. That's how I feel once I get off the bike. I'm like, uh, I earned like, it. Yeah, you know, you gotta all things in moderation. I mean, I don't drink. I don't drink more than three or four a day, so yeah, you know, I know my limits. <laughs> no, exactly. That's that's what's key. So, welcome to episode thirty-one of what has kind of become stories from a virtual bar these days. I'm, of course, your host Chris Osborne, and once again, I am joined by Emmanuel Tresky, bar manager and the face of the Speakeasy Five One Eight in Albany. How are you, buddy? Doing well, doing well. How are things on your end? Not bad, you know. There's nothing like a good noontime beer, so yeah, I'm pretty good. No, I'm kind of jealous. I just have a big jug of water next to me. Kind of uh, wishing I grabbed a cocktail now that I see that. <laughs> Which, I'm, a, you know. I'm a mood and trendsetter. What can I say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Glad we were yeah, finally but... able to catch up. We've been talking about getting back together for a while here to chat yeah, about some uh, booze and what's happening these days yeah no it's uh it's been a paramount thing that's for sure we've uh definitely talked about trying to get something to happen at the speakeasy at least in march if not april and obviously with all this stuff that's going on that doesn't seem like something that's going to be uh parent sooner than later so you know before we do you know all get started you know thanks for you know putting out the uh podcast for doing what you did with uh sam and then uh I forgot the uh, most recent one you did, but uh, uh, so, you know, uh, just doing the virtual podcast. Yeah, it's it was it's uh, been Indian fun. Ladders. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Scott's a cool guy. We had a nice Pee Wee Playhouse background going on. No, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Which unfortunately was causing a lag on the connection, so we had to switch to audio only <laughs> after oh, a while. Wow. But so we'll see oh, how this goes great. today. And then yeah. uh, I got a new. I'm gonna be posting one with that I have all set with Kurt from Artisanal later tonight. Oh, that's awesome. Of which I'm that's having nice. another Artisanal beer right now. <laughs> hey, which one are you drinking from them? Uh, I got their batch of All Together, the uh, worldwide collaboration huh. that they brewed. That's cool. Yeah, I can't believe I'm forgetting the place that started it. Other Half Brewing out of Brooklyn put out like a generic guideline for a bunch of breweries to follow everyone's put in and everyone's brewing it and giving profits to you know local hospitality workers out of work no, and, nice. that's cool you know cover their costs of what they need to brew it and things like that so yeah i had uh i tell you man beer delivery's been a fantastic <laughs> yeah no seeing all these places doing like spirits uh beer deliveries all that it's a uh, cool cool to see that coming together especially it's, in yeah time. it's been interesting to see how people are adjusting because of all the quarantine and self distancing and things like that yeah so uh yeah it was back in i had to look this up yesterday back in october when i was at the speakeasy and we got to hang out that episode actually got a great response i gotta tell you yeah no that was that was great you know uh quite a, quite a bit of drinking quite a bit of uh you know talking about different spirits and all of that but uh yeah, no, that was that was good to see that people were interested in it. <clears throat> you know, it was, I hope uh, again that they got what they wanted to. Any any 
questions were answered. All yeah, that, that was, uh, yeah, the most people I heard from were the ones that were like, I knew of the speakeasy, but I had no idea kind of what it was or, you know, yeah. how to get in and things like that. And then they were excited to listen to that and <clears throat> learn all about it. Yeah, it's the best story I've uh, heard of very few. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I've heard of very few places where, uh, you know, people know it's a business, people know it's open, but they're, I wouldn't say scared of trying to approach the uh, the, the place, but it's almost like, uh, oh, I don't know if they'll let me in if I go. Like, And uh, yeah, no, it's uh, built itself much more mystique than it, uh, than it, than, you know, it's all about like just the leash trying to get in. It's as easy as anything else, just ring the doorbell, come in. But yeah, it's, it's always funny when you hear stories about, you know, what, what other people hear, you know, hear about the place, what they think about it, what kind of passcode they need to get in. And all <laughs> it's, it's, the password thing is what I hear <clears throat> the most from people. Like, don't they need a password? I'm like, yeah, which for me has always been, you know, money. Just, you know, <laughs> if you got money to spend, we got, we got booze. We got booze to supply you with, that's for certain. <laughs> Yeah, we were talking. I've been home a lot more now, so it's given me yeah, much more time more. to focus on the podcast, at least. Like I said, I've been circling back to people to see how they're holding up, how, you know, ways to help out uh, their businesses and things like that. You've done, started a pretty cool thing with your live videos. No, thank you. Yeah, it's, uh, again, the intention and the purpose. And uh, one of the things I wanted to talk with you about now is... You know, just getting people who are at home that don't have the accessibility to come out, to ask questions, to learn more about bartending. You know, this is the time to kind of, you know, watch the videos if you are at home to kind of learn up a little bit, do more DIY, you know, more practice kind of stuff. So that idea came when I knew that we were going to be put on pause for a little while is just to let people know, hey, you know, this is not only some history, some of the stuff that, you know, I've learned in my time, but as I've had in my previous career in culinary arts, I've had, you know, chefs, you know, tell me, hey, you know, you're getting paid to learn from me how, you know, to cook. I wouldn't say I'm the encyclopedia, all that kind of stuff, but, you know, I've learned a lot in my time. I've gone through different resources. So I just wanted to impart that knowledge on anybody that wanted to uh, just watch the videos, learn more about the stuff. And from there, you know, anybody that was curious to just watch that and then do their own independent research to just kind of learn more about the cocktails. But that was the uh, the whole intention was, you know, not only uh, do I notice people that come into a speakeasy not only enjoy drinking, you know, being there for a lot of music, but a lot of people do just watch us bartend. They do come in to ask us a lot of questions. And a lot of, you know, the, the better bars in the area, I feel like, you know, people will come in just to watch those bartenders work and ask them those questions about, you know, what syrups they're working on, you know, what projects, so forth and so on. And uh, this time is one of, those, uh, one of those times where, you know, with not being at the bar, it's uh, easy to miss out. Hard to not be around those people and answer those questions is not only does it, you know, make me feel good that what I'm learning, these people are being able to ask about and they can walk away with more, but also in my sense, I'm not able to practice it. So there are certain things that you do just kind of keep in the back of your head from just repetition of telling guests like the same thing over and over. But this is a time where it's starting to get where you find the motivation hard to just kind of learn. Uh, or to just kind of recite the things that people ask you about on the daily. So it's not only about that mental jogging of trying to keep like the old stuff fresh, but trying to do that while not being able to practice it so much. 
So for the most part right now, a little hard, but, you know, thankful that everybody are, is taking precautions as they are that, you know, there are bars that are open that are offering to go cocktails. Yeah. So there is the option for people that are, you know, picking up those cocktails to be able to ask them questions about, you know, how to stir this, shape this, so forth and so on. So how's the, how's the response been to the videos you've been, or the live videos on Facebook and Instagram you've been doing? Oh, they've been pretty good. Uh, I've had a lot of people commenting on them as they come through the live feed. Uh, a few questions on the side here and there. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's been good to not only uh, see, you know, a few familiar faces, but a lot of new people that are, you know, thanking me for doing the video. Again, the, uh, you know, main intentions and purpose was just taking what I learned and knew and just trying to share it with everybody that wanted to just learn more about at-home cocktailing, bartending. And uh, the response, you know, thankfully has been very good. You know, just uh, a lot of people very thankful that I'm uh, putting that out and doing that at this time, which, you know, I'm also thankful to uh, the people at uh, City Beer Hall for being able to let me in to be able to do those videos. Yeah, I was but, gonna um, say, yeah, because they're closed down. They're not even doing any kind of takeout or anything like that. They're just completely oh, closed. Oh, no, right? no. Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, it's tough because it's uh, right downtown. So, you know, a lot of uh, state workers, you know, still, uh, still coming in for the most part. But when it comes to uh, the business, the business aspect of City Beer Hall, and obviously downstairs, uh, we're just going to, I guess, take it easy until you know, Cuomo, all this uh, COVID stuff goes over, which, you know, then again, you know, when, when, when hopefully it does sooner than later, it's going to be interesting to kind of see what the bars look like uh, and even the restaurants. I mean, I don't know if you've uh, seen, but there are reports in uh, China of, you know, restaurants that are seating, you know, tables at least six feet apart from each other. Like there can only be like a certain amount of people at each table, a certain amount of people in the restaurant and bar itself. I feel like that's the way it'll probably be once they get to a point in our area where they can start or where they're at least they're comfortable enough starting to open things up. It's certainly, it's going to be probably quite some time before, you know, you're back in a real packed type environment. Yeah. Yeah. So um, for right now, you know, the, as I was mentioning before, you know, the videos are the one thing that are helping to keep me motivated and uh, kind of, I guess, like help me do my own research, try to keep up and learn on things. Well, they're also and, great because they kind of keep that speakeasy name out there so people don't forget about the place, that's for sure. Yeah, and as, as you mentioned, you know, things being closed down and uh, even even just now, you know, it's hard to really just let people know that you're open, let them know what's going on because now, of course, you know, there are reports about businesses and certain restaurants that have closed down just because of uh, not only what has happened, but just anticipation of how long this uh, is going to be going on for it. Yeah. So, you know, very, very thankful that there are the formats of the media, you know, to be able to do, you know, Facebook, uh, Instagram, you know, uh, we were doing a Zoom for a minute, you know, and I have had people suggest to me that I should do that as well. But, um, you know, it's, it's good to have that format to be able to share all that information and all the knowledge. And uh, again, be able to answer any questions for anybody that is curious, because, you know, the, the one thing that, you know, we talked about before and you mentioned earlier in the podcast is that, you know, I guess mystique, which is also something that can be scary for people about coming to the speakeasy, you know, again, ring the doorbell, the supposed door person, you know, are they going to let me in? Are they not going to let me in? I also, you know, just want people to know that with these videos, the idea is that, 
the speakeasy itself is accessible to everybody. They can come on in, they can check out the place, you know, and see that, you know, we're trying to uh, do as much fresh, cool stuff in there as we possibly can. We just have a uh, license to be able to basically recreate old school cocktails. And a lot of them, thankfully, you know, basically asked for a lot of labor intensive processes, a lot of cool spirits that people have kind of forgotten about. Things like Kumel, Kirschwasser. So it's cool to see, to be able to mess around with those spirits and to kind of, you know, show people how they're useful, why they're still, still around. Question, and it's probably nice to, you know, when you do these videos, have a reason to put on the bow tie and suspenders again. Yeah. <laughs> it's, my, <laughs> it's so funny. It's my excuse to get dressed up. Like, I'll take the extra time to just, like, put everything out, like, make sure, like, the bow tie matches up with, the, you know, the shirt I'm wearing and so forth and so on. Like I said, but, I, uh, um, I go to the office twice a week now, and those are the only two days I'm not wearing shorts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so hard not to take advantage. You know, I've, uh, you know, as mentioned earlier, I've been listening to a lot of other podcasts, and uh, I listen to the Bill Burr one quite a bit. And he was talking about how this almost feels like a summer vacation when you were a child. And you just felt like you were almost like loafing around a little too much, not doing anything. And you just almost felt guilty that you were, but also like, eh, you know, whatever. This is time off. Like, let's just kind of relax. <laughs> Enjoy it for what it is, you know. Watching the video, the videos are great. I never, I don't catch them live because you're usually doing them when I'm at work one of those two days. So I end up watching them later on. Do you yeah. have like all the same utensils at home? Because it's quite uh, quite the array of stuff. Yeah, yeah, and uh, one of the <laughs> it is uh, it is definitely a lot. And as mentioned before, with the uh, Kirschwasser, the Kumel, you have certain you have certain bar tools where there's only like I don't know, maybe two to five like cocktails that you'll you'll ever need them for, and maybe one throughout the year you make for somebody that you will use that cocktail tool for. It's, it's, it's a lot to do with uh, my background training in uh, culinary arts, too, where um, I uh, ended up working in quite a few kitchens, especially in Albany. Worked before I was a bar manager there at 677, I worked on the line over there, worked at uh, the Brown Derby when that was still open. Oh, wow. And uh, it was just a point of pride that, uh, you know, if you were a good cook, uh, you, know, you know, wanting to be a chef, that you would always come in with your own knife kit, you would come in with your own tools. You'd always treat, you know, your knife as basically like, you know, like your your keys, your phone, your wallet. It was like that thing that you just, you don't go into work without. And uh, the tools that, you know, we have at the Speakeasy, quite a few of them are supplied from uh, my home bar. And there are things that, you know, are just things that I find comfortable to work with. They help to make everything that uh, happens at the Speakeasy move just a little bit faster. And yeah, every little every little tool has its purpose. I mean, you can get away with you know not getting not getting the tools and trying to find your own your own method to to build your own thing or kind of create your own. But uh, when it comes to all these tools that are in place, you know, some of them are very expensive. But I find the uh, the value is in the durability and having those around is just something that that's that's necessary. That's for certain. Have you been since you started the videos? Have you been getting requests for things to make? No, surprisingly not. You know, that's the one thing that uh, I, I, <laughs> I always wonder when it comes to social media and promotion because I've never considered myself to be somebody that's good at that. But at least when it comes to like 
putting it out there and letting people know, hey, this is happening. Like, I feel like I do a good enough job of that. I feel like, you know, especially on Instagram, we'll be like, hey, if you have any questions, want to see this go this direction, you know, please let me know. And then the four weeks that I've been doing that, I've only had one person comment about, like, what they want to see be done. You know, for me, it's it's kind of a head-scratcher because it's like, you know, if, if you are going to watch the videos and you are interested about learning more, like, I'd feel like, you know, if the person that is doing the research to re- learn as much as they can about that, like, you'd want to ask them, hey, like, you know, talk about this, like, please, like, you know, I'm going to be watching the videos, so talk about this for five minutes if you can, 10 minutes. Like there was this one person, uh, I think their Instagram name was like AI Mealy or something like that. But there was one of the videos I did where on Instagram, they commented uh, five separate times and they were all like five separate questions. And, uh, you know, it's like, that's awesome. Like, you know, keep them coming. It's one of the, I've always, I've always said this, that uh, the biggest motivation for me at that job are, are the guests or the customers. You know, and it's not so much, you know, uh, fellow bartenders because, you know, not only do we all, you know, know our, our stuff, but there comes a point where, like, we almost think we all know our stuff to the point that there's assumption that certain people know certain things that they might not. And so I always like the general customer, the person that always just goes, why, why, why over to, to, to everything? Because it gets to a point where, like, you can answer, you know, like, eight whys, but, like, by the ninth one, you're like, oh, yeah, like, why this? So I've always enjoyed, you know, just guest anyone that's, that knows a little bit about it, but is just learning more that has 8 million questions because, you know, there might, there'll be, a, there'll be a lot of those that I feel like I can confidently answer, but there might be one or two that are like, huh, you know, like I need to research this a little more, like, you know, like it's, it's always, it's always motivation when I don't know an answer to just want to, to know obviously more about that. So. I always like when people are coming in and asking as many of those kind of questions as they possibly can. I like it. I like it, you know? Nice. So what are your, some of your recommendations for people to keep on hand at home then? Oh, yeah. So um, when it comes to uh, things at this time, you know... Uh, I, uh, I have to admit, really, the extent of all my cocktail mixing utensils kind of begins and ends with shot glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Like I said, I don't, never, drink a, I don't drink a lot of liquor, <laughs> so. Right, right. No, no, that's, uh, I mean, you can't go, can't go wrong with that. Just a bottle, a bottle and a glass is always a, a winning combination. Of <laughs> but um, for, for base spirits, uh, I, I would, I would always, I would always suggest at least uh, five bottles and you're going to want to do light, dark, vermouth. Light, dark, vermouth, bitters, and some type of orange liqueur, whether it's like a carousel, a contro. Um, really? Uh, what else? Carousel, contro, uh, fudge. What else? Goodness. There's, there's another one I'm thinking of. I uh, can't think of like another style orange liqueur. But if you look at a lot of classic cocktails, uh, one of the most prevalent flavoring ingredient that wasn't a straight spirit was typically like an orange carousel, dry carousel, contro, something along those lines. Uh, you did have like your occasional maraschino liqueur, your, uh, your occasional, uh, like, uh, like, like as mentioned before, Kumel Kirschwasser, um, Benedictine, Strega. But those were all very specific to certain cocktails. Uh, if you look at orange carousel, you can pretty much see it in from like the income tax cocktail, your uh, old school margarita, 
um, the sidecar. The sidecar. Uh, what, what is sidecar. the sidecar? Uh, I know. I know oh, that name. Con cognac, lemon juice, and a uh, contra orange liqueur, and then you can either do a sugar rum on the outside or not. Huh. But um, yeah. So there's there's at least three cocktails that use orange uh, carousel. Your old school La Floridita or Hemingway daiquiri. The uh, liberal cocktail, uh, the Calvados cocktail. Um, there's probably at least like 20 more like classic or, uh, cocktails that use like orange or dry carousel. So like if you're looking for like a non-straight dark or light spirit, um, that's like a liqueur or cordial, like some type of orange liqueur. And, you know, it can be, if you find yourself to be on a more bitter end, you know, like a dry carousel, if you find yourself to be a fan of something sweeter or something like Contro. Um, but definitely those. And then when it comes to the lighter, darker bottle, when it comes to light, like something like a gin, vodka, one of those two, which is very play pliable, playable into different uh, spirits. For dark, I'd definitely go with uh, some type of cognac, uh, bourbon, or rye, uh, one of those three. For vermouth, I'd uh, probably go with sweet vermouth, and then for bitters, uh, Angostura. So you have your basic uh, aromatic bitters to go for pretty much a lot of your classic and newer cocktails. And those would be my five that I would suggest to grab. Like if you are going to the liquor store and you want to make a lot of cocktails, grab those five <laughs> bottles. Yes. You say that like you... someone wouldn't want to make a lot. <laughs> yeah, no. It's uh, a. <laughs> Between between those, you know, obviously if you sub in or somehow some of the bottles, you probably have about 50, uh, 50 to 60 different cocktails you can make just from those five five different bottles. Yeah, I'd say that's uh, that's quite a few. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's the benefit, you know, you'll run out of, uh, you'll run out of um, the spirits before you actually run out of cocktails to make, so. <laughs> that's definitely something to hold on to. Um, if you're looking for citrus, the most... Popular, prevalent ones and older uh, recipes, and especially newer ones, would be lemon juice. Lime would be second with uh, orange juice behind that, but lemon is definitely your number one. Uh, with lemon juice, um, you can definitely freeze that, especially if you want to, you know, squeeze it yourself. Uh, just make sure you're straining out like any of the uh, pulp or pit that comes through the, uh, the squeezing process. And uh, freeze it right away, and then you'll have it. Uh, you can have it frozen for up to uh, three to four months past that point. And, uh, you know, freeze it in small containers. That way you can obviously take it out a little bit so that you can make cocktails for two, two to three days or just drink it in a lemonade if you really want to. <laughs> just have it, have it mixed together like that. And um, there's a fun other thing I talked about in a lot of videos uh, for anyone listening uh, that wants to do a bottle-aged cocktail. Uh, that's something uh, I'll talk about super briefly. Basically, it was found out that if you take a cocktail, mix it together in a bottle, and just kind of let it sit and marry, uh, the chemical compounds within all the alcohol will kind of rust onto each other. And uh, so, like any of the alcohol vermouth that would basically hit you, uh, if you had it quote unquote fresh or just made like in the moment, would kind of uh, hit you in a certain way where like you get a lot of alcohol at first little sweetness in the middle with that slightly bitter profile at the end. Uh, the ideal of bottling it would, again, having those cells rest upon each other to the point that all the alcohol would start to smooth out a little bit so that you wouldn't have such a spike of alcohol at the beginning. 
spike of sweetness in the middle that would all kind of level out to marry out and be a cocktail that's quite enjoyable uh, just straight out of the bottle by itself. Uh, and you can do so by basically just making a Manhattan in a bottle by making a 212 mix, which would be uh, two ounces of bourbon, one ounce of vermouth, and two ounces of bitter. And uh, so you could just measure out any type of bottle you might have. Typically, or preferably, I should say, something like glass and uh, something that does seal pretty well. But uh, you just basically want to measure it out to the amount of ounces that are in the liter bottles. So say, for instance, you had a, uh, say, for instance, you had a one liter bottle or like a liquor bottle lying around that you wanted to build it in. Uh, you would just take uh, what is about uh, 20 ounces of the bourbon, uh, 10 ounces of vermouth, and then uh, two ounces of sweet or of the bitters. And then put that into the uh, bottle, just put a cap on it, literally just let it sit like that. And uh, the fun thing is that uh, even though it is vermouth, the vermouth won't oxidize. Uh, even though it is at room temperature, it'll just, as mentioned, those cells inside the alcohol will kind of rest upon each other to the point that every time you open up that bottle, uh, it won't spoil, go bad. It'll just keep getting better and better and better the longer it sits in that bottle by itself. Nice. So for anybody looking to just... If they're lazy, they just want to basically pour something in a shot glass. Then they got uh, then they got their bottle, their shot glass. Right then, up my uh, alley. Cocktail form. Yeah. That's utilizing <laughs> all my drink mixing material. You know, seriously. Gotta have that uh gotta have that mini Manhattan right next to the artisanal brewer's beer. <laughs> <laughs> While I sit there and play video games, yes. Yes. <laughs> oh man, so many, so many video games. There's been a lot of a lot of old school, a lot of old school uh, games. Being played, is that what you've been certain. up to mostly during this when you're at home? Oh yeah, especially in the afternoons. Like there's been a lot of uh, home cocktail experimentations, uh, building of like little cheat sheets here and there, and that kind of stuff, and trying to keep up as much as possible. But there's so much you can do, and uh, so it's <laughs> it's to the point where uh, I, I've I've had this account with this old gaming company called GOG.com, and uh, a lot of old-school video games, such as StarCraft, Warcraft, uh, Heroes of Might and Magic, wow. Jagged Alliance, uh, what I, uh, video, you know what I video games just, that were huge in the late 90s. <laughs> speaking of that, what I just wrapped up the other week, for uh, that's already been out for over 25 years, Chrono Trigger. <laughs> <laughs> one of the greatest rpgs of all time that i finally played yeah. 25 years later no that's uh it's, it's one, of the, one of the best things ever those 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 old school games i'm telling you that's they don't they don't make them they they just make them too uh too movie driven these days i feel like i mean i haven't played like i haven't played red dead redemption or any of the newer games but at least for RPGs themselves and uh, being a Final Fantasy fan, it seemed like you were watching a 30-minute video in between playing uh, five minutes of action at the time. I did and, start, uh, actually, I did start oh, the, sorry. no, no, we're cool. You're, I actually did start the 7 remake last night. <laughs> uh, it's, nice, and it's, nice. I mean, it's mind-blowing. It's cinematic, yeah. <laughs> but uh one thing i do miss like as great as the games are these days is the simplicity of the controls yeah no it's so true on the straightforward just play the game thing. it was like, so easy be... to pick up the controls for chrono trigger because <laughs> yeah. i only needed three buttons yep no it's uh it's so basic so easy 
And uh, you don't really have to read the stories. You just keep hitting a button, watching the stories like pass by. So it's like, yeah, I just want to fight. Like, get out of here. In fact, yeah. In fact, I'm going to go right back. Uh, once we wrap this up, I'm going to go right back to playing some Final Fantasy VII. Yes, dude, that's so awesome. <laughs> yeah, but um, you know, outside outside of that, there's been a lot of uh, home cooking projects, especially. Uh, my girlfriend's been doing a lot of uh, stuff with bread when it comes to bagels, pretzels. I uh, just made some wheat bread, and uh, a lot of uh, a lot of yeah, home brewing, home cooking. That is uh, for certain right now. A lot of dishes too, which is which is uh, <laughs> always fun. That is uh, that's the most annoying thing of cooking nowadays. Oh yeah, absolutely. Been, I uh, I make I use so many dishes when I cook. It's ridiculous. Oh yeah, and I don't even try. Didn't... I don't even try to. It just happens. <laughs> Next thing you know, you're spending more time doing the dishes than you did actually cooking the food. <laughs> it's uh, it can be it can be a little daunting at times. That's for certain. Yeah, but I, uh... you know the. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead, man. No, no, but I'm. Uh, it's it's good having uh, my mini bar nice and stocked upstairs. You know, I've been very fortunate through my time at the Speakeasy that there's been a lot, a lot, a lot of bottles that. Different vendors will just give to you, tell you to just do whatever with, kind of leave with you. So it's been good uh, mixing around all these different cocktails with different vermouths, messing around with the bitters upstairs, and uh, messing around on these cocktails while just doing a lot of cooking at home and, and uh, just learning, learning as much as I can while going along with it. Yeah, I, uh, I think one of my favorite things to do has really... My favorite time of day is probably just after the sun goes down and into the evening. I just open the windows, I pour myself a nice beer, and I just listen to put on a record and put my feet up. Uh, really my yeah, I've, I've noticed that in the uh, in yeah. Instagram posts. That's uh, kind of one of my favorite things to do. Or, you know, yeah. just looking for new some new tunes to rock out to. But No, it's, it's, so, it's so good to get a... There's, there's nothing like uh, when you've hit that second either cocktail or beer, your favorite music's coming on. As, as you meant, you know, you got a record player. It's the best, best sound, you know, obviously out there when it comes to listening to music. But just to have that little bit of a buzz and, you know, that right weather, as you mentioned, the, uh, the windows open, there's, there's sometimes it's just nothing better than that feeling, just having the right music on and having that right buzz going, too. Yeah, man. I, uh, yeah, definitely missing the live music and the live scene these days. Yeah. Speaking of which, do you do any of the? Uh, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't partaked in it just because out of uh, out of fear of uh, alcoholism. But do you do, the, uh, <laughs> do you do the social happy hours at all? Do you do any of that? Uh, I've stuff? caught I've caught part of them. The of course, think New York, drink New York, think New York. I'm saying that in the opposite order. But think New York, drink New York <laughs> has been hosted them um, with you know a lot of the local brewers and everything. I caught oh, some of. Yeah, I think they're doing one like every day at like six o'clock, which is fantastic because you get to hear from the brewers. I caught part of Sam Pagano's from the pump station. I know uh, mm. Scott from Indian Ladder did one and uh, all kinds of people. So those are super cool. I only checked in for like a few minutes here and there because I'm usually tied up with, you know, the dog or making dinner. Oh, uh, yeah. Like but uh, they're cool. I mean, it's interesting to see the way breweries and, uh, you know, cocktail type places have adjusted during this, like we were talking about, even with just the delivery. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a huge thing. Like I, uh, 
I'll be honest, I wish I knew about it sooner, but when I found out, like, probably a weekend that uh, they were allowing cocktails to be delivered, I just kind of thought that was, uh, that was mind-blowing. It was, it's, uh, I, I, I don't know. It's, you know, you think about taking food to go, you know, why not, why not drinks? You know, maybe this has uh, opened up some potential for something that, you know, it's, it, it might be one of the only, like, positives i feel like that might come out of this whole covid virus is you know now people after they're done drinking who have wanted to have one more cocktail but don't feel like they could drive if they did now can go home with that cocktail and just you know enjoy it at home before they go it, to sleep. yeah it'll uh if things start getting back to some kind of normality what kind of what policies kind of stay and go <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's because I'm I'm telling you that'd be a, I I'd definitely take advantage of that if I knew that was an option. If you could get a cocktail to go along with your food, it's a uh, yeah that that'd be one of the things that I hope does stick out of all of this bullshit that's happening. Yeah, man, these are weird times. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's strange. It's uh, it's hard to get used to. It's um, I think I think for me the the one thing that uh, I find myself grappling with is. It's it's looking at this time, trying to be appreciative of the fact that even though you know you are stuck indoors, there are things that are closed. You know, you at least, at least in my scenario, um, fortunate enough to you know have my girlfriend here, have a dog, you know, our dog, uh, to the point that you know, I have you know, yeah, pe- uh, obviously her, I could be social with the dog that keeps us entertained, you know, keeps us you know on walks and all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, I'm um, sure our dog is probably sick of us. <laughs> I don't know this guy. This guy, ours, uh, you know, has a personality to himself. Uh, if if you go about ten minutes without like petting him or like being close to him or trying to like snuggle or cuddle up, like he gets to that point where he'll just stare at you until you actually do it again. <laughs> so uh, I think I think during this time, like he is missing the chance of like being able to get out as much as he used to. But I think he also does appreciate us just being here nonstop for him, <laughs> which, you know, that is, that is one of the nice things, but we do live to serve them. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's, I was just thinking about that the other day, just any time that you're in the kitchen cooking up some food, you turn around and you almost trip because every time that dog happens to be right there, <laughs> <laughs> Ready for the scraps, ready to take anything that you're Absolutely. Have, have, have them taste test you. Know. <laughs> uh, so what uh, are uh, some of Emmanuel's tips for quarantine to start wrapping things up here? No, yeah, definitely. So uh, as, as was uh, mentioned before, I think the bottle H uh, cocktail is a good way to go. Uh, as mentioned, when you put the uh, vermouth in there, you know you don't have to worry about uh, the oxidation process uh, just because you have the higher enough alcohol in the spirit. So you can always have that lying around and have that for you. Uh, I would look around. Uh, also, uh, have fun if Amazon or uh, the co-op, any place can deliver or you can get your hands on it. Uh, make your own tonic syrup. Be very diligent about how much uh, chinchona or basically uh, yeah, chinchona bark you do use when you are making it. Uh, but tonic syrup supposedly is supposed to be good for you, uh, not only for anti-inflammatory things but it's supposed to help with like the general flu uh itself so obviously no science out on if it can help covid but if it can help with like the seasonal flu and all that kind of stuff like there's got to be something that you know it can help you with you know during this time 
you know, uh, as mentioned, you know, buy a lot of juice, juice it up. Um, whatever you don't use, freeze it. Uh, it can, it'll be around for a while if you do do it that way. As was mentioned before, when it does come to, uh, if you did want to buy five bottles, uh, I would definitely grab, you know, a light, dark, uh, the orange liqueur, vermouth on the sweet side, and bitters. And um, uh, if you are going to uh, make any type of syrups, probably just regular sugar is all you really need. Just like a basic simple syrup where you take uh, just one part hot water to one part sugar. So for instance, eight ounces of hot water, eight ounces of sugar. And uh, as long as you spite that with a little bit of your clear spirit, whether that be gin or vodka, that'll last for at least one month in your fridge. Uh, so you can have that around to make your basic old fashions or uh, sweeten up like a Manhattan, things like that, if you uh, find it to be too boozy for you. Um, and then also uh, check out, check out obviously your podcast, check out uh, the videos I've been putting out. And, uh, you know, I suggest for anybody that does have any questions, obviously ask yourself and then uh, to feel free to uh, reach out, you know, uh, myself at uh, Emmanuel R. Etrusky on Facebook or to uh, reach out at the Speakeasy 518 on Facebook or on Instagram itself. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's going to... Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so that's going to do it for this episode of Stories from a Virtual Bar. Thank you, Emmanuel, <laughs> for taking the time to hang out and chat. I appreciate it. No, thank you for... Uh, thanks for making this a thing and uh, keeping it going, especially during this time. Yeah, I'm doing my best, man. Like I said, I like uh, doing what I can, at least, you know, hoping I can provide some kind of help to local businesses, even if it's only a person or two learning something. So yeah, definitely be sure to follow Speakeasy 518 on Facebook and Instagram, of course, where Emmanuel does his videos. Do you have a schedule you're trying to stick to when it comes to those? Uh, to be quite honest, I think starting this week, I'm going to uh, make a post about it on Instagram or uh, Facebook, but I'm going to start doing the videos from my home bar, the, the, the very miniest of home bars, but <laughs> I'm going to start uh, I'm gonna start there. I might start up a new Instagram just because I think next week I'd, I'm working on it now, but I think next week I'm going to work on a, uh, work on starting up a YouTube channel. Nice. Um, yeah, and uh, there will be details about that uh, starting next week. But uh, yeah, I just want to kind of do what I was doing for, uh, you know, uh, for the speakeasy, but just kind of do that from my home. Uh, not to say not to like encumber on the space of the speakeasy, but just to be able to, uh, you know, be like, hey, if I want to be able to shoot a video, I could just kind of do it from home instead of having to worry about like heading down there or inconvenience anybody. I think the real question is, are you still going to put on the bow tie and suspenders for, at home? <laughs> you know what? It is, it is the excuse to get dressed up, so I'm thinking, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Be sure to check out Emmanuel's videos. They will certainly help you to learn to make drinks like a master until that glorious day we can all be together again. Awesome. Thank you, Chris. No problem. And for anyone interested in hearing more about the Speakeasy 518, of course, it just in general, learning about it and things like that, be sure to go back and check out episode 19 where I hung out with Emmanuel actually at the Speakeasy, enjoying all kinds of drinks and talking all about that. <laughs> a big thank you to everyone out there for checking out the show. You can find Stories from a Bar on Facebook, of course, and follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at StoriesFAB. You'll find the show on Apple and Google Podcasts, Podbeam, Spitcher. Did I say Spitcher? 
Yeah, <laughs> I, I, like did. That. I, uh, I met Stitcher. <laughs> It's yeah. this, these noon beers are starting to get to me, I think. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Stitcher, Spotify, and YouTube, pretty much where you would, ex- the big major players where you would expect to find a podcast. So be sure to check it out. Subscribe, leave fantastic reviews, help spread the word. I greatly yes. appreciate it. And thank you. Until next time, cheers. cheers.